0: Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading.
1: Okay, here we go. Galatians chapter 4. Paul says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave though he is master of all but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father simply saying that you could have for example a wealthy family and you've got a child of a wealthy family just let's just call it a 3-year-old of a wealthy family but maybe that wealthy family back in the days when they had slaves and in cultures where they had slaves that This child can't exercise any more authority, though this child is an heir and you know part of the family which owns this big estate. That child can't exercise any more authority than a slave could exercise. Why? Because that child has to wait until the right time. So he says, I say that an heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all. He is an heir, see? So literally, he's a master of all. Verse 2, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. There will come a time when the inheritance is released to this child. Verse 3, even so, here's the point, even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. So think about this. Human beings were created in the image and likeness of God and given dominion over the earth. However, sin caused everything to go awry. And uh, the curse of sin, the curse of the fall, came upon everybody. But when God sent his son Jesus... And he was born of a woman, and he was born as, as a Jewish person under the law to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive adoption as sons. So think about this. Jesus was born as a Jewish person under the law, and but he was born unlike any other Jewish person because he was born without sin. He was not born of mom and dad. He was born of the Holy Spirit a virgin birth so that the sin of Adam did not pass down to him. And then Having been born sinless, he was obedient all of his life. And being obedient, he fulfilled the righteous requirements of the law, the only human being that could and the only human being that did. And then he died and took the punishment for you and me breaking the law. And particularly, Paul's talking here about Jewish people who were also born under the law, but did not keep the law. It said... That Jesus was born under the law to redeem those who were under the law, under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Verse six. And because you are sons, everybody who's born again now, you become a son or a child of God. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart. So we're talking about the Holy Spirit. So now having been born again, Now you've got the new wineskin. Now the new wine of the spirit can come in. See, so, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying out, Abba, Father. So your spirit now inside, you are a child of God. You are literally born into the family of God And you've received this spirit of adoption. What's the adoption? Are you born or are you adopted? Well, your spirit was born into the family of God. But the rest of you, your mind, your will, your emotions, your body, the rest of you, you're adopted in. So uh, you're really both. You're both adopted as a whole person, but your spirit, spiritually, you were born into the family of God, see? And so our hearts are crying out, Abba, Father. Abba is a word that's similar to daddy. Daddy, Abba. It's a very tender word that a small child, or even a grown child, would say tenderly to a father. Verse 7, therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. So, No longer are we on the outside because of sin. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. You've been born into this family. You are a son. And if a son, then you are an heir of God. (laughs) Think about that. You have an inheritance as a son of God. Not the son of God like Jesus, but a son of God in Jesus. Verse 8. But then indeed, when you did not know God, you served those which by nature were, uh, excuse me, which by nature are not gods. But now, after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? You observe days. And what weak and beggarly elements? He's going to talk about trying to keep the law of the Jews. And these are Gentiles he's writing to. He said, you observe the days and months and seasons and years, I am afraid for you, lest I have labored for you in vain. Well, he's talking about the religious feasts and the religious observances and such. He's saying, you weren't born under the law. You were Gentiles. You were slaves outside. So those who were born of covenant of the Jews, they were born of the sons. But they, they couldn't take on that heirship until Jesus came uh, under the law, and died on the cross. And then by grace and faith, the Jewish people went from being sons of the covenant to being transferred in as now mature heirs, able to actually receive the full covenant. But the Gentiles were not born of the Jews in the blessing and covenant of Abraham naturally. See, they were born, they were more like the slaves. They were on the outside. And yet, even as slaves because of Jesus dying for the sins of the whole world we can come from being slaves or on the outside of the family of God outside of the covenant whatsoever we can come right in to the family of God through the Lord Jesus Christ so going from being a slave to a son and not just a son but a fully mature son who has authority and who uh, has the rights of this inheritance See? So he's saying, and yet you're trying to go back and observe the law and be obedient to the law, and you're bringing yourself back into bondage as if you have to earn it. Boy, if we have to earn it, we're in trouble because we can't. Verse twelve, brethren, I urge you to become like me, for I became like you. You have not injured me at all. You know that because of physical infirmity, I preached the gospel to you as at first. This is very interesting. Paul said, you know, because of physical infirmity, I preached the gospel to you at first. I don't know, and we, we we don't know for sure, but let me just speculate for a moment. Paul had suffered so much persecution and abuse going around preaching the gospel, and especially from the Jews, but not just from the Jews, from many other sources as well. He was stoned. He was beaten many times. He was striped striped many times. He was shipwrecked, so the devil was after him in a big way. He was so beaten up and abused and such, and he said, because of physical infirmity, I preached the gospel to you first. So maybe Paul was on his way somewhere, but because of the physical difficulties that he was having because of all of the abuse, he stopped somewhere to rest, and while he was there, He's preaching the gospel. Now, I don't know for sure that that's what happened. But I'm just telling you that he said, because of physical infirmity, I preached the gospel to you at first. So it may have been a scenario like that or exactly what I said. Verse 14, and my trial, which was in my flesh. So he was having a problem with his physical body. And my trial, which was in my flesh, you did not despise or reject. In other words, just because I was having physical trouble uh, with my health, You didn't reject me or you didn't discount the message that I had because of my physical disability. He said, in my trial, which was in my flesh, you did not despise or reject, but you received me as an angel of God. An angel is a messenger. You received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. You received me as if I was Jesus himself bringing the message to you. Verse 15, what then was the blessing you enjoyed? For I bear you witness that if possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. This to me is a little hint that maybe the physical infirmity or the primary physical infirmity that Paul was dealing with was a problem with his eyes. And you can imagine if you had been stoned like rocks and stones thrown at your head to kill you, you can imagine a detached retina or who knows what may have happened to his eyes. But it seems by Paul bringing this up, that maybe he was having some problems with his eyes. And he said, I bear you witness. And he said, I'm giving you credit that if possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. In other words, that's how much you uh, felt for me and were empathetic toward me, that you would have done anything you could have to help me. Verse 16, have I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? He's saying, I know I'm being strong with you. He said, but remember the relationship that we have. He said, am I now your enemy because I'm you know, telling you the truth and correcting you? Verse 17, they, now he's talking about those people that have come to try to get you to keep the law and have brought you into this new gospel where you have to earn your salvation. He said, they zealously court you, but for no good. Yes, they want to exclude you that you may be zealous for them. They're wanting to really, in essence, these other people that have come now in Paul's absence as he as he is out ministering to other people traveling the known world at the time, these other teachers have come in and they really want the Galatians to follow them and to stop following Paul. They want to exclude the Galatians from following after Paul and to have them start looking to them as their apostle, so to speak. So verse 17, again, they zealously court you, but for no good. Yes, they want to exclude you that you may be zealous for them. But it is good to be zealous in a good thing always, and not only when I am present with you. In other words, whenever I'm with you, you're excited about me, my teaching, my doctrine and such. He said, but what's better is even when I'm not here, that you're zealous for what I taught you. You're zealous for the gospel that I gave to you. That's what's even better. Verse 19 My little children for whom I labor in birth again until Christ has formed you in you. Uh, until Christ is formed in you. So notice this. He said, in essence, he's saying, Boy, I labored in prayer just that you might be saved. And now that you're saved, I'm laboring again that Christ would be formed in you, that this understanding that the revelation of who you are and how we're saved and how we're blessed of God and how we minister the Spirit, that that all would be formed in you, that your mind would be renewed to believe it this way and did not go back to the the false belief that you can somehow earn your way into these things. He said, my little children for whom I labor in birth again, until Christ is formed in you. I would like to be present with you now and to change my tone, for I have doubts about you. I'm concerned about you based on what I'm hearing. Verse 21, tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman and the other by a free woman. Of course, the bondwoman is Hagar, and the free woman is Sarah. Verse 23, but he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh. That's Ishmael. And he of the free woman through promise. So notice, uh, Ishmael was born just by Abraham and Hagar. You know, he married her. And then they had intimacy. And there was a, a natural pregnancy and a birth. But he said, but the one that was born of the free woman, talking about Sarah, he was born through promise. What does that mean? Sarah was barren. And by the time they had Isaac, Abraham was too old to have a child too. The Bible says in Romans 4, his body was as good as dead, reproductively speaking. And so the only way that Isaac was born is that God spoke a promise to Abraham, and Abraham believed that promise. And eventually, 25 years later, continuing to believe it, they had this supernatural child. So Paul is bringing it out here and saying, look, There there are two ways to go. There's a natural human energy way and that's how Ishmael was born. And then there's a supernatural way that only God could bring about and that's the way that Isaac was born. Verse 24, which things are symbolic for these are two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage. Mount Sinai is where the law of Moses was given. You shall do this and you shall not do that. Which is Hagar. So, Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, that relates to Hagar, the natural, earning it by human effort, see? Verse 25, for this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. So he's saying Hagar, the natural way of getting the job done, getting a son, okay, you did it by the natural way. You did it through your own energy. Yeah, That's what you get, Ishmael. And and Ishmael was blessed of God being a son of Abraham, but couldn't touch the blessing that came to Isaac. See, it was of the flesh. Verse 26, But the Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren you who, who do not bear. Break forth and shout, you who are not in labor. For the desolate has many more children than she who has a husband. So notice, contrasting Isaiah, the beginning of Isaiah 54, the one who was barren is going to have many more children supernaturally. This is what God is trying to say. You Galatians, if you try to earn, you're going to end up with very, very natural results and you can't even be saved that way. But if you will receive by faith the grace of God, the promise of God, By faith, the supernatural power of God kicks in. And by grace, you can see the the very blessings and inheritance of God on your life. Verse 28. Now, we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. And he's talking to Gentiles. And he says, this Jew, Paul, says to these Gentiles, we, brethren, see, when you're born again, then you're a child of promise you were not a child of the flesh. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. But as he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, even so it is now. What is Paul talking about? Well, Ishmael tormented Isaac. And not only Ishmael, but the descendants of Ishmael tormented the descendants of Isaac. See, and in the same way, Paul is born again now he's a jew but he's born again and so are the gentiles and guess who is giving them hassle the jewish people the ones who are trying to earn it by the law they're trying to earn it the old way that the jews got it that could never work they're trying to strap that on the people of god who have received salvation by promise who have received it by faith. They're trying to come and put that old bondage on us, the energy of the flesh, trying to get us to start to function in the energy of the flesh instead of in the power of the Spirit. Can you see this? Okay, verse 30. Nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. The son of Hagar, Ishmael, will not be an heir. Is not going to receive the promise like Isaac is, the son of the free woman. Verse 31, so then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. End of chapter. (laughs) Listen to this, so then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. We are not children by doing something in the flesh. We are children by receiving supernatural blessing and power Through the promise of God, believing his promise, faith in his promise, and boom, the grace of God is released to us. That's the way we're saved. That's the way we're blessed. That's the way we're prospered. That's the way we're provided for. That's the way we're healed. That's the way we minister the spirit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Don't let anybody bring you back into this belief system that you have to earn your salvation. Somebody said, I thought we were supposed to be obedient. Yes, not to earn it, not to earn it. It's all given by grace and having received it by grace, we are obedient to God to honor him and to show that we have now received this great blessing from God through Jesus by faith. Oh, what great, insightful, metaphorical, Mysteries Unpacked teaching from the Apostle Paul. Oh, I'm happy to share it with you in fellowship over this with you. And I look forward to tomorrow, another great chapter, Galatians chapter 5. We'll see you then.
0: Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Deerman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us, at least weekly, from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast, as well as Jerry's YouTube channel, online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.